Hopefully my internet's ready. All right. Hey, we are live. Welcome in. Latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. Go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Files on Twitter. What's up, yo, TSC Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy. What's going on? Oh, man. What a weekend here. Still snowed in. Mm-hmm. The snow turned to ice, turned to black ice. Now, uh, yeah. I got the cabin fever going pretty hard. How about you, man? Oh, I had to get out, man. I've been out. I, I you could, you can't cage this bird, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a peacock. I have to get out there. No, I'm just. Uh, our roads, they they cleaned up pretty nice here, and uh, you know that's the benefit to being in a tourist town. You know, if you can't get up there, you can't spend money. So <laughs> they got us. They got us out running around, and uh, surprise, Mike. I don't want to have the parade just yet, but Planet Fitness got a visit from Cousin Shane today. <laughs> <laughs> You're 21 days late on the New Year's resolution, but that, that's I, better than none at all, huh? I figured this is the perfect time because everybody's already starting to give up. You know, three weeks in, they're ready to stop working out. We got football on. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to get on the treadmill, might as well watch a little foosball and uh, and get some steps in. So I did that, did a little lifting. So, yeah, uh, a lot of surprised people there, man. Uh, I had to run my card a couple times. In fact, my app was deleted. So I had to, <laughs> I had to do the whole app thing, download it, and get it going. But but no, brother, other than that, it's it's been a wild one, and I am ready for this cold weather to get out of here. You know, I've complained about not having snow for like four years, and now that we've got it, it's like, okay, I'm ready for summer. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how many phones ago was that you signed up for the gym, Shay. That's probably why you had to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was some alerts going off as soon as I signed in, you know. I had to show my ID again, do the whole tour, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Do you remember the time I signed up for that? I signed up and we toured the facility. <laughs> True story, man. And if, if nobody's heard it. So me and my wife... My daughter and uh, one of her friends, we went to National Fit, or not National Fit, that's another That's another story. That's three memberships ago. I gave that place six grand, and, and I think I gained the most weight as a member of National Fit. I just go for their pizzas, you know, and drop my kid off occasionally. But Planet Fitness, I go. To, we go to tour the facility, and then as soon as we leave, no shit, we run over to Olive Garden, and I have the tour of Italy. <laughs> So I, I will say, after this Planet Fitness visit, I just drank water. I got me a cup of coffee. I'm being a good boy, Mike. Yeah, yeah new Shane, just like a new SEC, Shane. To see how I, I'm wrapping it into the show topic here. 2024, new games on the schedule that we don't get annually. I got, Shane, I was trying to narrow this down to 10. I got 15, so I got like five honorable mentions. That's going to be the show topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get into all that. Shane, we've got some news and notes across the SEC. And real quick, for anybody that missed it, Stephen Lassen and I debated uh, the top coaches in the SEC on the last episode. Getting a lot of good uh, response to that. Go back and check it out if you missed it. But uh, Shane, who you know, off the top of your head, or, or maybe I'll just give you my, my top five coaches in the this is a lot harder than i thought it was going to be shane without nick mm-hmm. saban it just it feels wrong to, to, to even be ranking a, a thing like this without uh pat up there but 
of course, I got Kirby Smart number one. Yeah. Now, this caught me off guard, and I think this says more than anything, just the lack of maybe uh, national elite coaches in the SEC right now, Shane. I got Kayla DeBoer number two, which you we can agree to disagree in a minute here. Brian Kelly, three. I kind of feel bad for even putting him up there that high. Lane Kiffin, four. Josh Heupel, number five. That's my top five. Uh, mm. Just real quick, your thoughts on that? You want to rip any of those? You you hate any of those? Thoughts on those? Where's drink? I'm hearing a lot of those comments. Yeah, uh, I, this is a terrible list, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I think this is a tough list to do, Mike, uh, the more I think about it, because we've got a lot of young coach, coaches, you know, even DeBoer. I'm looking at his record, but we're basing it truly off a couple of seasons, you know. Uh, we're, we're not we, – you know what I'm saying? So having him at right. that second spot, I'm a little leery to have him that high. Um, I would rather – I'd rather put uh, uh, Coach um, – Brian Kelly there just because he does have a long proven track record of being successful at power five conferences. Uh, so, so maybe move him up. I like Koppel, uh, cause obviously I'm a Tennessee Homer, but again, he's it's, it's coaching. You're picking a good coach. He comes into a uh, situation. He's, we had Jesse on the other day, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. recruiting at this level down at UCF. Now he's doing it. So he's kind of moved his game up just because he's now in the SEC. Um, I like drink in the top five. I, I think that's uh, not a bold statement. I think Coach Stoops is right there at it too because of the success he's had there in Lexington. So they've not had the the, the monumental season, the quote-unquote 11 win, you know what I'm saying, S- run mm-hmm. for an SEC championship yet. But for where Kentucky was to where they are at now, I would definitely have him in the mix. Yeah. I like how Shane, he's got like nine coaches in the top five. Nobody's moving out, though. Oh, Lane Kiffin needs to be there. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to be there. That's a good pick. But, uh, no, I I just – my only concern, Mike, is is just just new coaches. Like, I would rather have – in that case, why not Steve Sarkeesian? You know, I I think – I think Sark is a, a a much better coach right now than than DeBoer. And and again, it's just early sample size. But here's a guy that was Who won successful the last at, two that they faced off, Shane. Oh, you're talking Come DeBoer. on, Come on Come now. On. Come yeah. on. Look at look at Sark against uh, top five. He's five and fourteen. Top twenty five competition. He's fifteen and twenty nine. I don't get why everybody thinks this guy's an elite. Head coach. He's an elite play caller. He's an elite off. He, he may be the best offensive coordinator in the country, but head coach. He's he's been a head coach ten years. Shane. He's only nine or more wins only twice. Twenty twenty percent of the time he's winning any in a in a weak league. Let's call it what it is. Never yeah, in but, the SEC. But he's definitely he's he's got Texas in the right direction, Mike. You know. Yeah. So I I mean now that he's sobered up and and he's looking good I I think I think that is part of it but but he's in a perfect situation and I think if you revisit this list five years from now mm-hmm. no doubt Sark will be in the top five okay well we're trying to win over Texas fans Shane all off season I think I'm I'm torching that to the ground here with uh, yeah. my rankings and, and well, things of that nature wanna, you know I don't want to pander you know but right. that's I think. That's the tough thing, like like you said, when you see some of these these guys been around. Nick Saban was always right there. It was always number one, number one, and now we were like, oh well, Kirby Smart's coming around, so there's two, you know. And mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, <laughs> pick the other three. But now, because there is is so much change, you know the potential's there for some of these new hires. 
but how do you just refuse to to acknowledge you know like a coach stoops or, or drink and what they've created at their at their universities right well just can't put you all in the top five unfortunately but hey maybe that's a conversation for a different day Shane. we you should do what? bottom five that that's a funner <laughs> li- that's a more that's more fun to do so check, right. check tomorrow's show out <laughs> <laughs> you know what team Shane? we've not been able to hit on here in a while let's uh let's kick it on down to columbia south carolina and obviously because the Gamecocks didn't make a bowl game, unfortunately. So kind of got lost in the shuffle. But a lot of news here, Shane. Out of Columbia the last couple of days, special teams coordinator, a Frank Broyles Award semifinalist, Pete Lembo leaving South Carolina, Shane. He's going to be Buffalo's head coach. And this is actually the second time this offseason, Shane, that they've lost an assistant coach at South Carolina to become a head coach somewhere else. Tight ends coach Jody Wright left to be the new Murray State head coach. So obviously losing Pete Limbo a little bit more significant than losing a tight ends coach because, you know, we call it Beamer Ball for a reason, Shane. They're they're so, uh, you know, explosive, I guess you want to call it, on special teams with the kick returns, pump blocks, fakes. We're going to find out real quick how much of that is Shane Beamer, how much of that is Pete Limbo. Their kicking and punting has also been elite. Uh, thoughts on Pete Lebo, the special teams coordinator, leaving the Gamecocks right before spring ball here. Do you think this is a big blow to, uh, you know, and, and let's call it what it is, Shane. This is a big season for South Carolina. They need to have a winning record this year. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, obviously, when you you hear Beamer, that's the first thing you think of is special teams. And, and that that goes all the way back to his dad, you know. So I don't, I don't think that department takes a huge step back, but – the spin zone here, Mike, is is this is a this is two coaches you've you've made head coaches, you know, and 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 I think when you think of Beamer when he first got there to South Carolina, you know, the the joke was him having a tough time getting some of those coordinators to land, some of those coaches, assistant coaches to land, and now when you can you can show a track record, say, hey man, you could come here and you can find you a head coaching job at the next position at the next, you know, what I'm saying. So I think right. there's there is a a positive spin on this, but it is never good to lose a coach this late. You know, I, I, I would have, I would have preferred it, you know, cause again, recruiting trails, relationships with the, a lot of these kids, there's, there's a lot of that stuff that's going to have to be cleared up and they, they were hot on the recruiting trail. So, uh, but, but Hey man, success, you can't hold it back. Yeah. And I love Shane always being positive here. Cause it's an excellent point. Now, Shane Beamer's got a track record here. Hey, come work for me year two, three, what have you. We'll get you to a head coaching position. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, I I think that makes South Carolina an attractive spot for the next Pete Limbo, the next special teams ace. And help. Maybe they bring in Frank Beamer, Shane, be the yeah. special team scorer. <laughs> they got a guy, Mike. They got a guy. So, <laughs> but also, Shane, they let go of uh, the running backs coach. Uh, and hired Markwell Blackwell. He's also been a, a Broyles semifinalist. He was an Ole Miss running back coach a couple of years ago that uh, helped uh, coach Judkins, I believe, during his freshman season. They've also mm-hmm. added James Coley as the new receivers coach. He was at Texas A&M last season and, and last couple under Jimbo. He also coached under Kirby Smart. So making moves down there. But one that I, I really wanted to bring attention to, Shane, this was pretty interesting, Gilbert Edmond. Uh, defensive and left South Carolina, went to Florida State. Florida State just went undefeated, Shane. Won the ACC. A lot of people think should have played. 
in uh, the college football playoff. He transferred back out. He came back to South Carolina. So unique situation. You're thinking, why in the world would a guy go, you know, back and forth? And he's from Florida. Uh, so I, I got this comment from Shane Beamer. It's a little bit long, Shane, but it's, it's fantastic stuff on, on just the thought process of, of bringing someone back, the internal locker room issues, and the culture at South Carolina. I thought this this clip was too good to cut. Uh, let's get to the whole reaction here from Shane Beamer, and then we'll discuss it on the other side. Shane, I know that you know from a fan base standpoint, they see Gilbert Edmond coming back to South Carolina, and obviously with the transfer portal, this is something that, you know, it's not unique. Uh, we've seen that actually, you know, former Gamecock player that went back to his old college. I bring that up because obviously this is the first case. Can you kind of share with us what went into that thought process? And I know you talked about in the past, you know, this is something that it's a business decision. But again, now that it's finally here, kind of just talk us through that. Yeah. Um, that was one that I didn't anticipate having a decision to make on. Um I got word, I guess, so whatever it was, a week ago Friday or two weeks ago Friday that Gilbert had an interest in coming back into this program. I think every situation is different, Mike. I'm never going to let this be a situation where, hey, you guys leave, and if it doesn't work out where you are, come on back. It's, it's not like that at all. And I told our team that I'm not going to let this become a precedent where you just try your hand somewhere else and then come on back if it doesn't work out. Uh, something that I thought long and hard about because of that very reason. I talked to starting on Friday night of that weekend. I talked to Gilbert and we had a good long conversation. Uh, I talked to probably seven or eight of the older guys on this team, leaders on this team to get their thoughts on what they thought as well. I talked to some of the staff members that, I trust not I trust them all. Some of the staff members that would have a dog in that fight that, you know, kind of see where their thoughts were on things. And um thought a lot about it and went back and forth, I'll be honest with you. But in the end, my job is to always, you know, and you guys have heard me say it a million times, do what I think is best for the football team. And there's some guys, Mike, I'll just be completely honest, that have left the program. If they called and said they wanted to come back, it would be a heck no pretty quickly and that wasn't the case with Gilbert and it goes back to why he left our program to begin with he handled it the right way when he left was I ticked off that he left yes was I disappointed yes was I happy not at all but he handled it the right way and I understood the reasons why and sure and I I'm sure was involved all right but also what people don't realize is you know, Gilbert's from Florida. His parents are getting up in age. I think his dad is 71 years old. And it was a situation with him where he really felt like he needed to get back closer to home. And I understood that. I didn't like it. And I think there were other things going on. I'm not naive. But he handled it the right way. We had the right – we had the respectful conversations when he left here last year about why he was thinking about leaving. And when I talked to him, he was very um, – I don't want to say remorseful, but he was very eager about getting back here. And I tried to paint as ugly a picture as I could, that there's going to be guys in that locker room, Gilbert, that probably are mad that you left, and it's going to take some time to rebuild that trust with them. And he was adamant about wanting to. 
I said, Emory Floyd's wearing number eight, so you're not going to get number eight, and I don't have any, like, cool number I can give you. And he said, give me 55. 55 is what they gave me when I started out as a player here as a freshman, and I want to come back and finish what I started. I said, I don't know when it, what you were making from an NIL standpoint at Florida State, but you ain't getting anything remotely close to that here. Like, if you're coming back here, it ain't going to be because of NIL reasons, and it's not. Uh, I said, you, that room is different than the one that you left. The only two guys in that edge room that you still know are Terrell Dawkins and Brian Thomas. Everyone else is new, and it's, a, it's a, probably a better group than the one you left last year. So you're going to have to compete to even earn a role. And he said, Coach, I just want the opportunity to come back to South Carolina to finish what I started back when I was a freshman. And the more and more I thought about it, you know, he was a great young man when he was here. There were no issues here as far as misbehaving, showing up on lists. He did what he was supposed to do. He was popular on this team. And I felt like it was an opportunity to make our team better with a guy that was a good player and good person when he was here. And I also think, Mike, probably the biggest thing, it makes a hell of a statement about our program, a hell of a statement about our program that you hear a lot of these guys that they leave here for different reasons and they want to go home. He went home. He went home to the state of Florida. He went undefeated. He won a conference championship. And all that wasn't enough. He said, I want to come back to Columbia, South Carolina, because I realize now that the grass isn't always greener. And I realize now what a special thing that we have at South Carolina is. And I want to give up because he's probably going to be a starter down in Tallahassee this next upcoming season. I'm willing to give that up to come back to compete for a role. So sorry for the eight-minute answer, but um, that was my thinking on that one, and that's why he's back. And he got up and talked in front of our team a couple or about a week ago when he came back in a team meeting, and, and he's working hard to re-earn their trust, the ones that, you know, that, that he may have lost it from, and, and uh, he, he's on the right track to doing that. All right, so, hey, I just thought that was pretty interesting. A lot of people in the comments said, well, what the hell, no coach speak? A coach being honest and transparent? You know, he's talking about NIL, so much said there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's exactly right. I mean, I, I think it says quite a bit about uh, the, the program he's built, and the culture and everything like that, that a, that a guy like uh, Edmund would, would even want to come back. Man, I, I like I like when a coach just tells you the truth, you know. I mean, would we have gotten an eight-minute ad from, from Nick Saban or, or Kirby Smart? <laughs> you know, it would have been like, you know, it would have been same old coach speak. So I like this. And that's kind of why maybe the kid's coming back, brother, because the, the, the kind of atmosphere, the climate that they have there at Columbia, it's inviting. And these kids know it. You see it. That's why you get, they're so successful in the transfer portal. It's just a fun place to be. And, and it starts from the top down. So, yeah, I, I think this is a breath of fresh air. If you, if you, I mean, Mike watches a lot of coaches talk, man, and and it's and he filters quite a bit, you know, just to get to this show. It's tough. It's brutal. I, I've I've listened to some of them, but but you know, it, it, this here is a breath of fresh air, and and I commend Beamer for for being honest and open. Yeah, if he wasn't making so much already, Shane, I'd say let's do an NIL to get these coaches to, uh, to be more open and transparent during these pressers. We certainly could use it on this show. You know what? 
Absolutely, man. And I will say that we've got some vocal coaches now in the SEC, and it, it makes for fun content because, you know, especially the trolling and, and, and whatnot, there's there's some good ones, man. I, I'm, I'm excited about the next chapter of SEC football. And then last thing on South Carolina real quick, Shay, they added quarterback Robbie Ashford. We all know him yeah. from uh, Auburn. Uh, they needed to add some depth to that room. I know they're very high on Lenora Sellers, but he's never proven it at the SEC level. This doesn't mean that he won't, but if you're, and I'm not saying he's afraid of competition, certainly, but anybody that is, is not cut out for the SEC. And, and you just never know mobile quarterbacks, guys get banged up. Uh, I think, I think that was, you know, it remains to be seen who will be the starter and what ro role Robbie Ashford will have, but Let's just say in a perfect scenario for the Gamecocks, he's probably the backup, and he'd probably be one of the more experienced backups in all the SEC next year. Yeah, uh, and one thing that's interesting about South Carolina is they've taken a lot of quarterbacks that didn't make it and put them in other positions. So I'm not yeah. saying that's what Robbie needs to do, but you know we called him Touchdown Robbie for a reason. He has a nose for that end zone, so don't be surprised if you don't see him in some sort of role you know, like Joyner does or, or, or whatnot. Yeah. And Jerry says, because of Shane's hairdo, way better than Beamer's. So there you oh, yeah. go. <laughs> That's right. Beamer will be there. He's, he's coming up. I love how they fight it, man. You know, and, and I get it. I've been there. In fact, I talked to a guy the other day. He's convinced that he needs to go to Turkey, pay $8,000 to get a uh, hair. I'm like, why, man? Bald, bald's in, brother. You're it faster is. in the pools, you know? <laughs> I'm aerodynamic for once in my life. Well, everything's turning up Shane, and it's not because his hairdo. It's because them Vols, because of Shane. They just landed LSU offensive tackle Lance Hurd. Transfer. This is a, an elite prospect in the transfer portal, Shane. He was a five-star, went to LSU. Only reason he's not on the field, Shane, is because LSU's already got an all-SEC starting left tackle named Will Campbell, one of the best offensive tackles in the country. Well, Lance Hurd wants to play left tackle. He's a five-star. Everybody wanted him, and he's headed to Rocky Top, Shane, to protect Nico. I th this is huge. Tennessee desperately needed help on the offensive line, particularly at the offensive tackle position. This will allow John Campbell to, to switch over to right tackle, more natural position for him. And all of a sudden, Shane, you go from a question mark to potentially, you know, two elite offensive tackles to combine with all the other offensive and defensive linemen returning to Tennessee. This is, uh, you know, on Rocky Top, they're certainly celebrating, but I think the, the rest of the SEC, this is probably news they're, they're probably going to forget about to the fall but this could be a game breaker this upcoming season. Yeah. Again, big guys, they don't get a lot of love and, and they deserve it because if you don't got them, you're in trouble. And, and Nico's back there running for his life. So that's kind of what bit Tennessee in the, in the ass a little bit this last season, you know, is just, just dip, man. You know, it's not just the top five. You got to have a rotation there. And uh, when you've got a, a, a position like that cemented on the left side, you know, that makes life a little bit easier for those other linemen to jubble around in the in the middle there. So I'm pumped up for this. Any more linemen, the, the door's open. Any more of the portal, <laughs> please come on down to Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah, and the, the way everybody tells it to me, Shade, outside of quarterback, the most in-demand position in the entire transfer portal is offensive line and obviously left tackle is chief among them. So, yeah. uh, again, for those that say – 
you know, where's Tennessee at in the NIL game? I would say yeah. they're <laughs> featured prominently if they're getting five-star <laughs> left tackles that everybody else in the country wants. So, you know, everybody may get enamored with this receiver, this running back, what have you. Uh, you got to have these men in, on the line of scrimmage. And he's not the only one, Shane. They also added Stanford sophomore defensive lineman Jackson Moe. M-O-I, I'm sure I'm butchering that, Shane. He played 24 games at Stanford, nice rotational player, 37 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, a sack, three passes deflected. So, again, you, you need more of these rotational linemen. We all know in the SEC you got to have fresh, big-body men down there. And you're this. I think this is what, you know, it probably hurts high school recruiting a little bit. It is what it is, mm -hmm. but it's. For teams like Tennessee and, and all across the SEC, maybe you look across, maybe you're fine at starters, maybe you're even fine with your backups, but you want to have make sure you got 10, 12 linemen that can play for you. And I think this is what it's going to be is, is finding guys in the portal that can really help you. And uh, just based on what little I know of, of this guy, I, th I think he's going to be a contributor next season for Tennessee's defense. How big is this boy? You know? <laughs> You got you got the you got those attributes. <laughs> you know how I am with them defensive linemen. It's one thing to say you're good, but if you're 250 pounds, it's like, come on now. I need we need some big boys up front. Yeah, right here, Shane. We got it. He's six foot two, three hundred and three pounds. Oh, he'll do. He'll do. Yeah. Oh, plug. Yep, I like it. <laughs> and then how about uh, the Aggies, Shane? We got we got a lot of Aggies talk coming. I, I'm trying to get Billy Lucci on the line. I think he's going to be on the next episode. But one thing we're going to be talking about, Billy, for sure, if, if I can get him, they just hired Kansas co-defensive coordinator Shane Jordan Peterson as the yeah. safeties coach. And why that's big for Aggies, he was a Big 12 number one ranked recruiter in the last cycle, uh, which included, you know, Oklahoma and Texas. Uh-oh. And he produced two all-conference uh, defensive backs at Kansas last season. So uh, really impressive, this Mike yeah. Elko staff and, and all they're doing in the transfer portal. So I really can't wait to to dig in on all this with Billy. No, I, home run hire. That, that, that was a good one for them. And uh, re recruiting is always going to be a little bit easier for Texas A&M than some other teams in the SEC. But when you got an elite guy out there doing it, it makes life a lot easier. So, yeah, this was a big get for, uh, for Aggies. Now, oh, on the other end of the spectrum, Shane, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, bury the – I mean – Oh, God. I, I just tweet this stuff out, and they, they come at me like I did something, Shane. But Florida, under NCAA investigation. It's like when you said that, I knew – like, I didn't know anything. I was like, damn, here we go. With, here We're in Gainesville now. <laughs> and, and the Florida Gators, Shane, under NCAA investigation, this has been confirmed, due to their recruitment of Jaden Rashada, the quarterback that they allegedly tried to get for $13 million, four-star, and he signed with them. You know, we all know the story. They didn't make the yeah. payments. He got out of it. He's he's never played it down for the Gators. But now they're under NCAA investigation. I think it has something to do with the fact that uh, clearly NIL played a, a huge role in his decision to go to Florida, and and you can't be doing that. But hell, we're all doing it. So I I don't really understand what the big deal yeah. is. I I don't I wish I had more information on this. I don't know how serious this is. But we just saw Florida State get in trouble. Not for this, but for something similar when it came to uh, NIL and, and recruiting. And now, I don't know, something about the Sunshine State, Shane. The NCAA has, has got their crosshairs on the Florida Gators. This is the last thing you needed if you're Billy Napier trying to circle the wagons down there in Gainesville. 
Yeah, it worries me a little bit because it, it almost sounds like somebody on the inside, you know, maybe a little butt hurt about the situation. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know how it is. And, and yep. especially if your program's not doing as good as you'd like, you know, you start getting some of those behind the scenes. So I, I really hate this, but it was a spectacle when it happened. So, you know, the spotlight was on the situation. And, uh, but I, I, you know, the way it ended up playing, I think it, you know, for the, in the long run is, is probably best for Florida. And they'll weather this just like everybody weathers the NCAA, you know. <laughs> so just hang in there. You'll be fine. Yeah, I, I would. If I'm Florida, I just delay, delay, delay this thing as long as we possibly can because the NCAA yeah. is going to, like, collapse in, like, a year. So yeah, just hopefully ha- there's no yeah. punishment. Yeah, just keep pushing it off. Yeah, yeah we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane, so how about it? You Are you ready to talk some of the – best new games of the 2024 sec season and just to clarify because i i hate i hate when we get halfway through here and you're like oh wait so this is what we're doing so i i want to make sure this is perfectly clear any sec east game that we've got in the past any sec west game we've got in the past we love all these games alabama lsu that's a hell of a game florida georgia that's a hell of a game yeah those are those are elite what we're ranking is games that we do not get annually that are new on the schedule for 2024. And I'm even taking away the crossover game. So like Auburn, Georgia, they play every year. Yeah. Tennessee, Alabama, even though they're, they're in different divisions or they were, that I'm not counting those games. So does, does this all make sense to you, brother? No. No, it doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so again, you're just saying games that we don't see on an annual basis. So – if they were East opponents, they're not going to have them. You know, if it'd be right. Tennessee and Georgia because they played every single year. So this is going to be basically games we didn't get to watch last year, is, is what you're saying. Right, and a lot of Texas and Oklahoma. So just buckle well, up, course. be prepared yeah. for that. You know what? Well, naturally, yeah, we knew that was coming. So, but there is a lot of lot of good games coming up. Right. So I, I, I like I said, Shane, I tried to narrow this thing down to ten. And I kind of did, but I have five honorable mentions because there's just so many that I'm fired up about, Shane. <laughs> Sounds about like old- my kind of list. You know? <laughs> Here's the top ten. Here's ten more that I really like. <laughs> How about this one, Shane? Florida yeah. at Mississippi State week four of the mm. season. And now why I really like that, Shane, this is the first game, first SEC game, excuse me, for Mississippi State. First opportunity for Jeff Levy to to really show what he's got against Florida Gators. We don't know how good the Florida Gators will be, but you know this is a game. I don't care where it's played; those fans expect to beat Mississippi State. And I, and certainly the last time uh, Florida and Mississippi State met, to my to my recollection, Shane was when Dan Mullen left, brought the team to Starkville, and they won a big game. So I, I don't want to say there's big bad blood here, but a uh, little revenge game for Mississippi State and their fan base. Uh, yeah. I can't wait for this one. I, I think there is. And, and yeah, I was going to say, Dan Mullen's doing the coin toss in this thing. <laughs> so I, I, I love it just because I think it means a little bit more for Mississippi State, you know, because you took Dan. Dan, quote unquote, left State to go find a better job. So how, how can that not stick in your craw a little bit? So yeah, this will be a fun game to watch. Now, sticking on that Florida theme, Shane, I could have mentioned this one first as well. Texas A&M at Florida, Shane, week three of the season. 
first SEC games for both. And, and why I love this one, Shane, it's uh, Mike Elko, Billy Napier. You got to feel like this is a must win for Billy Napier. And we'll, we'll see about Mike Elko and company. I, I think Texas a is going to be a lot better than people are, are thinking. I'm, I'm thinking potentially a, a borderline playoff team here, but they're going to have to prove it. And they got to prove mm-hmm. it early with Notre Dame right out the gate, Florida week three of the season. And there's been some good battles between Texas A&M and Florida over the years too. You know what? Yeah, and it's a good temperature gauge too, man, because we're going to be constantly like, is you know, because it's one thing to play Notre Dame, but it's another to say, okay, week three, is this team going to be in trouble or is it going to be a repeat of last year? So, right. yeah, this is an early season gauge to how good or bad these teams can be that season. Now, how about this one, Shane? It's the second to last game of the season. A lot of intrigue here, potentially. Ole Miss at Florida. Lane Kiffin against his future team. I'm just going to keep saying that till it actually happens. But uh, <laughs> late in the season, you know, again, this this is a game we 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 didn't we don't get to see that often because of the the old divisions. This is going away. This is the beauty of the new system. Ole Miss at Florida. That intrigues the hell out of me. And, and again, I. Billy Napier, a real opportunity to uh, maybe play spoiler to an Ole Miss uh, playoff run here. It feels like it's going to be either a close win or a bloodbath. You know, (laughs) that's kind of what this game feels like. Because this is, like you said earlier, the speculation of of, – of, of Kiffin down to Florida, it's going to be, it's going to be popping again. And if <laughs> Ole Miss, it Lane leans into those games, if you notice, and it feels like he wants to run those scores up. So if this thing does get out of hand, watch it get out of. Hand. What week is this? Second to last week, so right before rivalry weekend. I mean, that's a that's a fireable week. You know what I'm saying? If things <laughs> right. go wrong, so especially at home, you got to win home yeah. games in the SEC. Those, that game just got a lot more intriguing. Now, how about this one, Shane? Another honorable mention. Oklahoma at LSU. Rivalry weekend. I mean, these are two great uh, brands. They played in the college football playoff. But there's an added level of intrigue to me because it is rivalry weekend. LSU's used to playing Arkansas for years and then A&M for years. So I'm, I'm interested to see. Do they try to make this an annual thing? If Oklahoma and Oklahoma State can't work out their differences, they, they're not scheduled to meet next year, obviously. So is Oklahoma LSU, is this the start of a new rivalry in the SEC? Uh, th- th- so this will be the first matchup as SEC foes. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, they don't need they don't need that mullet. There's plenty of mullets down there in LSU, you know. <laughs> so that one will be a that'll be a damn fun one. And you talk about strength on strength, offense versus defense. That's what that would look like. Yeah, and then one final honorable mention, Shane. Then we'll really get into the top ten. But this one, just personal for me, and I, I know you, you. We've talked about trying to attend this game, Arkansas. Excuse me, Tennessee at Arkansas yes. again. Another one that is. Because of the old SEC format, we've rarely got this game. These fan bases have a lot in common. You know, huge fan bases, proud fan bases. Uh, they seem to suffer at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it seems like a lot of suffering between these two. Two great fan bases, two of the best in the SEC, Tennessee and Arkansas. Now they're going to be playing every other year. I, and this will be the first one of that. It, this should be one hell of a game. 
I got a very short list of games I'd love to attend this this coming season, and that is definitely one of them. Always been a fan of of just their fans in general, but yeah. you know now they got the new beer garden thing up there, and it, it's <laughs> pretty. You know, it's making it more and more tempting. You know what I'm saying? And this would this would be a fun one because there's been some there's been some nightmares in this matchup. You know, oh, yeah. all both sides. You know, from the stumble and fumble to Today, um, I'll never forget the what's the kid that juked about fifteen times before he got that punt return for a touchdown on yep. Tennessee, boy. Joe I mean, Adams. It, yeah. Well, I didn't want to say his name, but <laughs> I act like I didn't know. Uh, he still haunts me to this day, Mike. But yeah, that would be an awesome, awesome game to go watch. Yep. All right. So if those are just honorable mention, you know these these games are going to be fun. Shit, I got ten of them here. Let's start with number ten, and arguably it could be a lot higher. Alabama. At Oklahoma, two of the, mm. the proudest programs, winningest programs in college football history. You know, it feels like a playoff game. Now it's just a regular season SEC showdown. But, uh, that I mean, that's going to be one hell of a clash. What week is that again? Uh, Alabama, Oklahoma, that'll be second to last, right before rivalry weekend, November 23rd. Mm. Yeah, that'll be fun. That would be a good one too, brother. I I can't wait. Usually, think about it. This if you were watching this game, it was either in a bowl game or a playoff game or a national championship. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it's going to be good to just see this on a random Saturday in SEC football. <laughs> <laughs> and another one, I can't wait for this. Hopefully, this is an annual game. We'll we'll you know we're still trying to see what the the future of the SEC scheduling, but we've seen this before, Shane. I hope it's another classic. Number nine on my list, Texas at Arkansas. Shane, last yeah. time uh, Texas came in here, big old, you know, the big bad boys they are, and, bang, they got whooped on the line of scrimmage. Sam Pittman and company, get the, maybe their biggest win there of his entire tenure. They're playing once again this season, should play every year. Texas, Arkansas, two great rivals reunited in the SEC. Can't wait for this one. And like you said, this this may be one that's not on future list because they probably are going to go to an annual game and and just restoring that rivalry. It's already there. You know what I'm saying? It was we got to see it when they came up there to Arkansas. And, and I guarantee when these boys get back together, it's just going to be good old fashioned hatred again. Yep. And J- Jackson says Pittman will keep his job. He beats Texas. I mean, it may come <laughs> yeah. down to something that simple. You know what? Absolutely. Got their number, you know? <laughs> now, how about this one, Shane? Normally, you'd look at this, you say, what the hell? This this ain't going to be a game, but it's a new era. They're on Mizzou, Shane. Number eight, Missouri at Alabama. Mm. I wish that we could have seen this game last year because I think Missouri would have matched up a lot better than most people realize against Alabama. But Missouri at Alabama, of course, no Nick Saban, so I, that's another feather in Mizzou's hat. If Missouri wants to make the college football playoff, these are the type of games they have got to win. They don't got to win them all, yeah. but th- this is probably their toughest game on the schedule. Missouri at Alabama can't wait for that showdown. You know, DeBoer's got a list of games that they want him to win and ones they expect him to win, and this is an expected win. And and you look at that slate, because we talked about this when a friend of the show, Marler, was on. You know, he <laughs> talked about LSU, Tennessee, Mizzou, and that three-game spot, you know what I'm saying? And yep. he was quick to point out Tennessee and LSU, 
but failed to mention Mizzou. And I think that that one is the sleeping giant that they got to be careful on because if Alabama loses it, just like Marler's a fan of Bama, you know what I'm saying? If you lose to Mizzou, then the shit starts stalking down there in Tuscaloosa. Then we've maybe we've got the wrong guy start stalking, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Missouri could be a top 10 team, but they'll still, to <laughs> your point, they'll say, we don't lose. Nick Saban would have never lost this game. You know, never. they'll say that. Yeah. You know, till the day they die, they'll they'll say they're going to say that every time they lose a game Absolutely. from here for the next twenty Absolutely. years. You know what? <laughs> Absolutely, brother. All right, how about this one? Number seven on my list, Shane. Tennessee at Oklahoma. First SEC game for both of these. Week four of the season. There's the Josh Heupel reunion to Norman. That'll be mm-hmm. interesting. Jackson Arnold, Nico, two elite five-star quarterbacks going head to head. We're going to find out how legitimate Oklahoma is in the SEC. We're going to find out if Tennessee really is an SEC and playoff contender, I think, come this first SEC showdown week four of the season, Tennessee at Oklahoma. Well, buddy, the last two Oklahoma games have not been fun. Not been fun at all. So I would love to see Tennessee beat Oklahoma and and Hopple maybe burn some bridges so that we never have to worry about him leaving this great <laughs> university. That's what I'm hoping happens. And uh, this is going to be Tennessee's best shot because Oklahoma will get acclimated with the SEC, brother, and they will be a force to be reckoned with. So I think, hey, if you're going to get them first year, this is your time. Yep. All right, and now how about this one, Shane? This one, a couple of years ago, probably wouldn't even have made this list. Maybe it would have been an honorable mention, maybe. But I struggled not to put this in the top five, Shane. I really did. Number six, Oklahoma at Missouri, Shane. Hmm. How about that? I mean, all of a sudden, I, this, this is like a blood feud here, Shane. Oh, we're, we're getting it from – go check it out. Uh, Josh McClinston from uh, Sooner Scoop. Great interview, but – same thing we heard from from all these fans. Missouri, that ain't, that ain't even a rival. I mean, are we playing the same sport? Now, he's, now, he said that was 10, 20 years ago, which is probably fair, but a different story now, Shane. Missouri's, not only are they beating them out for recruits, they're stealing players off their damn roster. Yeah. I mean, this, this is going to be a fun one. I hope this is an annual rivalry in the new-look SEC because I think Missouri and Oklahoma fans, they got so much tradition. I believe they played over 90 times, but never – as SEC opponents, they do this season, Shane. Oklahoma at Missouri, number six on this list. Oh, man. And it's getting personal. It's already personal in January, Mike. Imagine what this is going to be like when right after media days and we start cranking up camps and we're still in recruits. We're, we're shit-talking to each other already online. You know, th- this is another one that is going to quickly move up the list of bitter rivalries. So, yeah, this one's going to be an awesome game to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, how about number five, Shane? This could be my God. Now these top five, I mean, you could put them in any order. They're they're that good, Shane. These are going to be some great games. Now I cheated a little bit because we did get this game last year, but it's not a game that was annually played. It was just a you know this is just a fluke of the schedule. Number five, Shane, Georgia at Ole Miss. In Oxford, this will be an opportunity for, for Ole Miss to prove how legitimate they truly are. They thought they were going into Athens last year and lost by about 40 points. So, you know, that killed them. That killed their momentum. Well, not I mean, they still won 11 games. That's a hell of a year. But, they, you know, these are the type of games you win this one, you're in the playoff. Hell, you may be the favorite 
to to win the playoff if you can beat Georgia at home, maybe get a bye, maybe win the SEC. Th- these are the games it's going to take to win the SEC, and uh, I can't wait for number five, Georgia at Ole Miss. Thoughts on that one? Leave it to Mike to make rules and then change the game right here at the five spot. <laughs> Teams we ain't seen. We got to see. I get it, but this is the one that's going to get you in more trouble online tomorrow, Mike, because they're going to point out, wait a minute, these two teams played last year. So, uh, now, I, I obviously, I think this could, dis, this could potentially decide an SEC championship game. It could decide yeah. a seed or a bye week in the college football playoffs. You never know. There's going to be a lot riding on this football game, Mike. And it's, you know, I, I feel like we got to see round one. It was almost like Rocky, you know, and, and, and now, <laughs> now the other ones, you know, it just feels like round two will be coming up this season and uh, it's going to be absolutely monumental. It's going to, it's going to change. It's going to impact. I think that 12 team playoff. Yeah. All right. How about this one, Shane? Now this again. Oh my God. This would probably be a little bit higher if Fat Ball was still around, Shane. Number four, <laughs> Georgia at Alabama. It's it's still it's gonna mean the world to to both these fan bases. And this is gonna be Kalen DeBoer's opportunity to prove he's you know as elite as people that think he is elite is getting to host Georgia. I don't think you could afford to lose this game if you're Kalen DeBoer. Now Again, maybe if you lose it here and you win in the SEC championship, maybe that's a different story. But you're getting them at home, first SEC game, showdown of Titans. Can't wait for this one. I can't either. I can't either. And uh, speaking of elite, you know what's not elite, Mike? Your internet connection. Just pointing it out, pointing out <laughs> the obvious here because you're starting to fade on me. But, Mike, I think that this one is going to be similar to that Florida Ole Miss matchup, like it's either going to be close or it's going to be ugly. And you've seen when Kirby makes games personal, he makes them ugly. You saw it with Florida State. We've seen it with TCU. We've seen it with several SEC opponents. This one is becoming personal because, again, they're stealing coaches. They're stealing recruits. He wants to show everybody why Georgia is the best team in the country and Alabama is dead. And to do that, you got to run up the score. So, like I I said, this could be the one that we say, hey, DeBoard is the guy. You know, he he may be – he may be the next Nick Saban. Hell, we don't know, Mike. But if you can knock off Kirby Smart your first year this early in the season, what can't you do down there when you start getting your recruits back in? So, yeah, this this one's going to be a, a fun, fun game to watch, but it's also kind of a, a temperature gauge to see how far behind or ahead of schedule Alabama is. Yep. All right, how about number three, Shane? If there's one game that I'm going to – get to next year this is going to be the game i've had it circled for a long time first time as sec opponents oklahoma versus texas here it at the texas state fair shane i, I want to see what all the hype is about and uh man i i can't say anymore i, I can't believe this is number three on the list number three i i i I would argue 1B for me. I've got a 1A, 1B situation, and this would be it just because, I mean, 
It's the county. I mean, it's the fair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Name a fair that's not fun to be at. You know, everything fried, all the good food, all the stuff that you can get into. I'm I'm looking forward to the wax beers and the, you know, just just soaking up the atmosphere of that rivalry. You know, because I don't know it. You know, we, when we talk about rivalries in the SEC, they talk about the Iron Bowl. They talk about, you know, uh, Florida and Georgia. You know, it's just. You, we don't talk about this one because they've not been here. But, man, if you go down there and you experience that hatred, it would quickly move up the list. So, yeah, definitely definitely 1A, one 1B one here for me. More excited about the game or more excited about the food? Be honest. The food. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's, it's both, man. It's both. It's just the environment. Uh, I would love to just, you know, go in – it's like Switzerland. I don't, you know, whoever wins, wins. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and maybe I, I pick up a little love for a team while I'm there. So uh, I like going in neutral. And, uh, but man, that county, that, that, I keep saying county fair. That's, that's what we got. But that state fair would be damn fun to, to attend. All right. How about number two, Shay? This, I mean, I mean, this may, this may be the national championship for all, all I know, Shay. I can't believe that it, that is, this is a regular season SEC game. We all get to enjoy next season, Shane. Georgia at Texas. I mean, oh my God. I mean, the best team probably in the country last year versus the best team in the Big 12 coming in. They're going to be preseason, probably top three teams, maybe yeah. undefeated. Who knows? But this will be quite the showdown. Georgia at Texas, Georgia's first trip to Austin as an SEC team here as an for a conference game is what i'm talking about here but man georgia texas cannot wait for it hey i'm telling you georgia's had you on your mind for a while because they too had one loss but got left out of the college football playoffs and you didn't yeah. so yeah this game's a little bit more it's going to become more personal and and uh it will be kind of a a, a teaser for future games too because these are always i think going to be just two titans going at it year after year so uh well maybe not year after year but at least with this new rotation more often than not right well hell it could be annually in the sec championship could be annually yeah. in the college football playoff who knows you know what absolutely man this may be the new georgia alabama mix that we get down there like damn texas can never win in atlanta you know <laughs> i can hear it now <laughs> now when this whole thing came down shane the one game that went to the top yeah. of my mind number one on the list texas at texas a&m come on damn to college station a game that we've all been robbed for over a decade here, Shane. It's Absolutely. It's going to be fantastic to see these two back on the gridiron in College Station. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a. It's just going to be epic to see. I wonder if they even let. I mean, I think you have to let you know opposing fans in, but it. I don't know how many Longhorns they're actually going to let into this stadium. Yeah, I don't, they're, they're going to be wearing maroon and then switching up jerseys there. So, <laughs> hey, I, I, I would love, I can't wait to see this one, Mike. And this is a game, even, you know, Texas fans probably didn't know, but we've been, we've been wanting to see since they got over here. You know what I'm saying? We, we hated losing somebody. That's like the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That's a rivalry. I don't want to see it go away. Right. You know, if make it work somehow, but definitely. Can't hide from it anymore because that's what, if you ask a Texas fan, they've been hiding. 
and A&M fan says, we've been waiting. So, it's going to be an awesome, awesome matchup. I mean, hell, even the venue was chosen before this universe, before Longhorns came over. So, if they come over, we get their first home game. So, I can't wait to see these two. Uh, you fire off any tweet about Texas, any tweet about A&M, and the opposite team is the first five <laughs> responses you see. That's when you know that this is going to be an awesome, awesome rivalry. Oh, yeah. So are there any games, Shane? I just hit on 15. Are there any that uh, that, that you wanted to shout out that, that I didn't have on my list here? Uh, who's Vanderbilt play week one? Because... <laughs> That's the one I would move up just because if they flex it, it'll be our first SEC football game. My God. Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Virginia Tech. That They'll probably move that one up, right? Or is it already moved up? No, they'll, they, they may move that one up. If they do, I just, I just want college football You're talking football about back. a week zero type game? Yeah, yeah. That's Whatever week zero game is played, that's the one that should be on this list because it means we're one day closer to, to watching SEC football again. So, uh, hell, I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching the NFL, Mike. I didn't get – I've got this game paused, so don't tell me who's winning or anything. But uh, I'm going to go over there and catch up on it. But I'm watching it. I mean, because we're we're it's it's going away, Mike. And then next thing you yep. know, it's like, damn, we gotta wait for spring ball. Spring ball gets exciting again, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, these games are always fun talking about, and I can't wait to have, like you said, you got Billy Lucci and some of these guys that you've already had on, Mike. Uh, I appreciate the effort because you know I, I'm learning so much more about these other teams with those guys. So I appreciate the effort. It's not going unnoticed, brother. But we're going to have a full off season of content. So be sure to uh, hit that like, subscribe button there on YouTube. And we got beer koozies flying out. You know, uh, it, it's 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 almost list season. But it's not quite there yet. <laughs> right, and I, I did promise a special show, Shane, and it hasn't happened yet. We got hit by, uh, you know, obviously a pretty nasty storm, as did many others. So uh, I was not able to go into the studio, but we're still working that out. Hopefully that'll be recorded soon. And there's going to be a lot of in-studio shows. I'm trying to get as many people as possible to come into the downtown Nashville studios and a lot of the same people that we got last year, bringing them back for a second one so you know obviously we'll be talking about those and promoting those but just keep an eye out because we're trying to do try to do things a little bit differently in the off season mm -hmm. to keep us fun keep us engaging and, and just have some long-form discussions so uh anything else brother before we hop off the line no that's it man i i, I appreciate everything you've done to put all this together and uh uh, yeah, I'm ready. I, I'm two beers out. That's the problem. I, I keep messing up, Mike. I I had one with my dinner, you know, and I was feeling pretty good. And then the football game was on, and it just doesn't feel the same watching football and drinking coffee. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and I know you guys like me opening the show, but I'm, I'm trying to – I'm trying to, you know, trying to get, cut some LBs down, you know. If I'm going to be walking around that day of Texas Fair, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to be in better shape. So there will not be any coffee drunk that day, or at least not at the fair. I, I can promise no, you no. that. I'm saving up <laughs> that trip. <laughs> but all right, buddy, I appreciate you as always. I appreciate each and every one of you, especially those that showed up on the live show. We do appreciate each and every one of you. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. 
that SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.